we are back again, a Monday edition of Locked on NFL alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And since it's Monday, of course, we're going to be breaking down all of those Sunday games, minus the primetime game. We'll save the primetime Sunday and Monday night matchups for Tuesday's show and get into more news around the league as well on that Tuesday edition. But still a ton of games to get to here for Monday and Matt I think game of the week that we need to talk about to me there's two that really stand out of course there's the 49ers Steelers the two teams we cover that went toe to toe that we've got to get into but I think Daniel Jones first start with the New York Giants is one and Baltimore Kansas City would be the other I want to start with but uh, let's let's go with the rookie Daniel Jones number six overall pick taking over from Eli Manning to start this game. The Giants on the road in Tampa Bay, and they come away with the 33-31 win. Multiple storylines in this one. Yeah, I mean, when we talked last week, of course, uh, it would have been pretty difficult to convince me that we'd be leading off the Monday show with Giants Bucks, you know, especially <laughs> over over Ravens Chiefs. But it's very noteworthy. I mean, some big things happened in this game. And the biggest one isn't Saquon Barkley getting injured what could be badly, maybe out for the year. I mean, I'm totally speculating, but uh, an ankle, he's in a boot, he's, he was in crutches, left this game. Um, the Bucks, Mike Evans went insane and, and looked like he was, you know, he was starting the season rather dormant, but he went bonkers for 190 yards. But those two stories aren't close to Daniel Jones just playing phenomenal. I mean, very in charge, picks up where he left off in the preseason. Boy, I mean, he's proving a lot of people, including myself, wrong, saying, boy, you know, why would you use a six-pick overall on this guy? Every time that he puts on a Giants jersey and it's on TV, it's more impressive than the last. And it came out this week that the Giants really loved Josh Allen as well, the pass rusher, and hmm. in fact tried to trade up after they took Allen or after they took Jones at six. They tried to trade back up for Allen later with the Jaguars, but nothing was happening there. I wonder if they might have been able to take Allen at six and still moved up from seventeen to get Daniel Jones. But obviously, it looks like right now if they got their franchise signal caller, then they made the absolute right choice at number six, despite what you know analysts thought. And I think a lot of people who didn't watch any tape at all and didn't know who Daniel Jones was also piled on because they heard reports and thought you know they read they read a scout report and think oh he's not worth number six pick. Let's pile on the yeah. Giants for this awful <laughs> obviously this awful draft pick. Uh, Daniel Jones proven everybody wrong at least in his first start and so far in the preseason he was twenty three of thirty six for three hundred and thirty six yards two touchdowns no interceptions a hundred and twelve point seven passer rating so absolutely passed his per- first test on the road and it was Matt Gay who was lining up for. His fifth field goal, he was four for four on the day with field goal attempts, misses his fifth as time expired. And uh, yeah, 33-31 win for the Giants. Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard both going over 100 yards receiving for the Giants. And you mentioned uh, three touchdowns and 190 yards for uh, for Mike Evans in that one. So he went yeah. off and finally showed up big this season. Yeah, huge. And I really thought... Todd Bowles and a complex defense would be very overwhelming for a first-time starting quarterback, and it wasn't. I mean, really impressive. And one more note, statistically on this one, Shaq Barrett brought over to Tampa Bay from Denver. Uh, Eight sacks now on the season, zero so far combined from both Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb in Denver. 
Yeah, I didn't realize the Denver side of things. Um, Barrett was a guy I liked a lot. He was just always blocked by good players there, even going back to like the Marcus Ware. He's been tearing it up. I mean, somebody keep an eye on him. Glad you brought him up. Let's move on to Baltimore at Kansas City, which was a really fun game. So fun to watch just because of the two quarterbacks there. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are just unique weapons in their own way. It was the Chiefs that did hold on to win that one 33-28. Jackson using his legs a few times to convert some first downs and and making one defender look really silly, which is a a highlight we're going to see a lot of. Uh, But in the end, it was the Chiefs that were able to, at home, secure that victory 33-28. They may meet again. I mean, these are two of the best teams in the league. I wrote something briefly about the Ravens. I mean, they came out extremely aggressive, you know, going forward on fourth down. Yes. They got the first touchdown, and they went for two right off the bat, you know, when they were up 6 nothing in the first quarter. I love that. Um, coming after them. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I love that. I was just going to say I love the aggressiveness from John Harbaugh. You're on the road. Go for two early. One thing I didn't like, though, is Jackson taking a couple extra hits uh, right before they went for two on that, before they scored. Jackson getting tackled when he knew he wasn't going to get in the end zone. It's just, you know, run out of bounds there. There's no need to take those extra that extra contact if you're Lamar Jackson, who, you know, is going to take a lot of contact in his career. Yeah, and that is a big worry for me with him. Um, he was bad about it last year. He's a smaller framed guy. It reminds me of like an RG three. He has to get better in that regard, but boy, he made a lot of plays. I mean, I guess it's not even worth talking about Mahomes anymore. I mean, Hardman this time it's Hardman with a super long one. It's, uh, Demarcus Robinson had a nice catch. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's Shady McCoy. It's not, you know, Tyree Kareem and Kelsey. I mean, it's different as the characters, but still just as effective, and you know, Tyreek's still on the sideline. They're a juggernaut, but man, Lamar was almost up to the challenge, and I know that's not good enough. But boy, and this that was a impressive statement in Kansas City for me. They're really good. Absolutely, and great point about those teams. You know, they might see each other again at some point uh, in Maybe. January. Let's move on here and hit the rest of these Sunday afternoon games after this. Well, hello, everyone. I want to tell you about our new buddies at Vivid Seats. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I can go to any Steeler game whenever I want, and I don't go to other NFL games. I also have a pretty good source through my Steeler contacts to get the concerts. But Penguin season for me is right around the corner, and I'm going to be using Vivid Seats a lot to go with my buddies. So I'm pretty excited about it. I want to tell you about it. Um, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last, last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seat app via the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, sports, concerts, theater, and more, stand-up, anything you want, uh, all through the Vivid Seat app. It's very easy. Vivid Seats offers great prices with an easy purchasing experience as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. With rewards statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through our app for the month of August. Go to App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee, of course. So this is something you absolutely have to do. And when you go 
Enter our promo code KICKOFF, all one word, all caps, at checkout to receive a discount of up to a, up to 100 bucks. I mean, so why wouldn't you? Enter our promo code KICKOFF at checkout, and you get a discount of up to 100 bucks. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's like blue, the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you follow through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code Locked on, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, bluechew.com, promo code locked on. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, I don't know how much time you want to spend on this one. We could probably do our own podcast just on this. Well, I'm going to do a podcast just on this one <laughs> game alone, but 49ers and Steelers, uh, 2-0 and coming in, and now the 49ers exiting 3-0 and after this one. The Steelers falling to 0-3. It was a weird game because so many turnovers from both teams, but mostly from the 49ers giving the ball to the Steelers, and then the Niners defense saying, okay, we'll bail you out again, and they did it. Time after time, the 49ers defense bailed out the offense after turnovers. Yeah, and I'll try to be brief, but of course I'm going to watch this a little bit, speak of this a little through black and gold colored glasses, and you're going to speak through it through the 49ers lenses, I'm sure. But last week was sort of the same. I'm talking about the Steelers' D. I mean, it was really good against Wilson, and then they were on the field so long. It was like an 11-minute time of possession difference that at the end they were missing tackles, they were getting gouged, and it's been out there forever. And this one was similar except even more drastic because coming into this game, and I didn't even realize this being a Pittsburgh Steelers talk show host, only the Dolphins, after two games, had a worse time of possession numbers than the Steelers. And this game was an exa- exact example of that, is they were hitting Garoppolo. They were turning him over, something they couldn't do much of last year, flying around the field, defense looking fast. And then they lose the, to- the time of possession battle by like 13 minutes again in this game. The offense is just junk. I mean, they can't run the ball. Uh, It doesn't matter who the quarterback has been this year. Rudolph was in over his head a little, but he wasn't horrific. And that Niners D certainly deserves a lot of credit, like you said. Huge win for San Francisco. All right, let's move on. There was another game uh, that was, and actually this is probably the part of the show where I should, which is a weekly segment now. I think we should get a sponsor for this segment. This is uh, my (laughs) weekly apology and uh, the Peacock apology this week goes to the Detroit Lions and the fans of the Detroit yeah. Lions who listen to this show. And uh, I was wrong about them at least through three weeks to start the season, and they are now 
2-0-1, and they went into Philadelphia, which is a tough task, and beat the Eagles 27-24. The Eagles fall to 1-2 and on the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see this one coming. I did mention, of course, that Philly was really banged up, fighting a lot of injuries, and I think Darby got injured in this game, too. Um, but let's give the Lions some credit. I mean, I wrote again, I wrote something about them just now saying, I wouldn't be shocked if this ends up being Matthew Stafford's best year as a pro. I mean, they have a balanced, solid offense. They're well coached on that side of the ball. They scheme things up pretty well. Um, I do think Patricia's doing some things with the defense. They don't have a ton of talent there, but give the Lions credit undefeated. There was a couple of throws that Stafford did miss, so he wasn't completely yeah orchestrating that victory uh and at the very end of the game jj arcega whiteside fourth and 15 play uh wince threw him a deep ball thought he had a shot to come down with it rashawn melvin who's had a really great season for the lions was singled up on him uh but good coverage ball underthrown a little and whiteside could not come up with it and that was the end of the ball game so a fun ending to that one there's a lot of fun endings around the league uh there's another game i want to get to which was Halfway through, I was thinking, okay, here we go. This is upset of the week, upset special, the Miami Dolphins at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> and right. in the end, the Cowboys ran away from the Dolphins in the second half. 31-6 to was the final there. But the story to me was Josh Rosen getting the start for Miami, looked very comfortable, especially early in that one, made some pretty throws. And the Dolphins, not only hanging with the Cowboys in the first half, they should have had a lead going into halftime with two drops on potential Rosen touchdown passes for Miami in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the things really to harp on here is, okay, you know, Miami showed something, you know. I mean, and Rosen looked awfully good to me. You know, I mean, the protection's not good. Boy, his receivers don't help him. But I thought he threw the ball well. He looked poised. The game looked, you know, very, didn't look too big for him. Dallas sputtered a little, and then they end up winning thirty-one to six. You know, Dallas is pretty good. Did you see the play that rookie running back Miles Sanders on a kick return got his head completely turned around and his helmet came off? And I thought that his head might still be in his helmet after that play. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh my gosh, wow. it was one of the worst things. And it, I don't think he got really hurt bad or anything by that play but it was an obvious face mask and no flag at all. And I'm looking at all the flags that are thrown around the league for incidental helmet contact and guys getting fined 21 grand to pop. A few players had, I think it was Miles Garrett had two from last week. So he had to pony up 41 K this week in fines. And this dude yanked Miles Sanders head off, no flag at all. And I'm just thinking, man, they got to clean up some officiating stuff. And actually speaking of officiating, one thing that I think fans would probably be very happy about, and maybe the biggest development of the day, certainly the most welcome for fans, was before kickoff, Senior Vice President of Officiating Al Riverton, uh, he had a conference call with NFL referees on Saturday, told them to de-emphasize holding calls, uh, that information from Mike Pereira. And basically, if the hands get outside, give the blockers a chance to work their hands back inside. And holding calls, as everybody knows, have been up 64% this season. I wonder if Tom Brady's tweet during Thursday night football saying it was horrific and he couldn't watch anymore because of all the holding calls uh, had something to do with it. I wonder if it was the power of Brady that got that changed. And it did not, it did look like there was fewer holding calls this week. We'll see what the final numbers are on that. If so, good, because way to go, Tom. I mean, because right. it has been getting a little difficult to watch in that regard. So I hope they are down. I hope that actually, you know, institutes itself. 
And by the way, we've talked about two of these teams already, but this is the first Sunday in 15 years that Drew Brees, Eli Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger were all not starting. I did hear that. That's insane. That's, a great, that? that's a great one. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, some of these we can run through a little bit quicker. The Cincinnati Bengals at Buffalo Bills. Uh, a defensive battle there. It looked like the Bills were going to run away, but Cincinnati made a game of it and, and came back a little bit, but the Bills did hold on to win at home 21-17. Yeah, and Buffalo really was controlling that game more than the score showed at a 14 to nothing halftime number. I thought Josh Allen really is kind of growing into his paws a little bit, getting more and more comfortable. But give Cincinnati credit. I mean, they were getting pushed around. They were losing that game worse than I said. And basically on the back of Joe Mixon, came back pretty strong. So, I know there's no moral victories, but uh, you know, they're they're zero and three, and the Bills are three and zero, which is both kind of you know, which is kind of amazing for Buffalo. But the Bengals didn't give up, and you know they at least made it a game. That's something. And the Bengals, we saw it last week against the 49ers, who ran all over them. They're just not a good tackling football team, and that's that's oh. not a great thing. And uh, Frank Gore, the age, ageless one, at 14 carries for 76 yards, and he had a touchdown for the Bills in that one because Devin Singletary was out, and obviously they already got rid of um, uh, Shady McCoy. Yeah, McCoy's gone too. So Yeah, they were just, down to the old man. Right. <laughs> just, he's still going. Hell, keep going, man. More power to <laughs> right. Keep churning along, Frank. The Broncos at the Packers. Packers winning this one 27 to 16. Packers improving to 3 0. Broncos falling to 0 and 3. Yeah, and the one thing that stood out to me in this one was Valdez Scantling. And I've kind of been calling for a breakout for him because he's looked really good on tape. He's on the field a lot. He dominated targets over Devontae Adams. He dominated the numbers. There's something good really brewing there. And I do think the offense is still a work in progress in Green Bay, but if that guy steps up and fulfills his vast potential, whew, that's a big thing. That's a big development. Yeah, I like that too, and I've got a lot of stock of Marquez Valdez-Scantling in my fantasy league, so that's a nice development, and I'm hoping there is yeah. even more of a breakout there, but he had a nice touchdown early in the first quarter in that one. All right, let's break here, come back. We've got a few more games to talk about from Sunday afternoon. So the final score doesn't really show how this game looked. It was the New Orleans Saints that were pretty well in control in Seattle on the road. No Drew Brees. This is one, and it has massive impact now on the NFC West. We haven't seen the Rams play yet, but the Seahawks now falling to 2-1. and one, So that means the 49ers, for the time being, are alone in first place at 3-0 and oh in the NFC West. The New Orleans Saints also improving to 2-1. and one. And that's a huge win for the Saints without Drew Brees to go into Seattle when 33-27. There was a really late touchdown to Will Disley as time was expiring there and, and 20 of the Seahawks' 27 points coming in the fourth quarter. Right, and again, like you said that very well, that New Orleans really handled this game in Seattle. I mean, I picked New Orleans to go very far. I'm you know, i a big fan, but I expected this to be a very difficult game for them. Uh, I'm impressed. You know, I mean, no Drew Brees, obviously. Kamara's the standout here. I mean, Kamara was a dominant player as a runner and receiver, looks as good as ever. But to give Russell Wilson credit, I mean, he throws for over 400 yards, a lot of them to Tyler Lockett. Uh, I don't think Seattle's going away. I mean, they're better than I thought they were in the preseason. Yeah, they're, they've won doing this, but you just see them yeah. pounding their head into wall, trying to establish the run, and it's the way they play. But it's like, man, you let 
Russell Wilson loose, he can throw for 400 yards. And, you know, I just think they got to put more on Russell Wilson's shoulders earlier in games, maybe. But it was a good fantasy game for those people out there that might have played Kamara, who had a pair of touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, and 150 total yards. And Russell Wilson with his 400 yards passing. Tyler Lockett, 154 yards on 11 catches and a touchdown. So, yeah, a lot of good numbers out there for you fantasy football players in that Saints-Seahawks game. One other note there, though, is Chris Carson continues to put the football on the ground. I mean, Mm. I think he's a much better player than Penny, but he's hurting the team a lot. Yeah, ball security, that's something that you've got to clean up because it's just it's unacceptable. And and coaches aren't going to put up with it, especially if you're an old school coach like Pete Carroll and you're trying to establish the run. That's a big part of your game. You can't be turning the ball over on top of it. Uh, Let's move on to Jets at Patriots. One interesting note about the Patriots, who improved to 3-0. Jets now 0-3 after that 30-14 loss in New England this week. And the Patriots' opponents on the season are now 0-9 after three weeks. <laughs> I mean, what more is there to say about than that? I mean, the Jets are in big, big trouble. Hopefully for them, Darnold comes back sooner than later and you get Herndon back and those guys... No AB, of course, didn't matter. Josh Gordon looks really good. Uh, I got a kick out of um, they brought in Stidham sort of late in the game, but usually, but earlier than they usually pull Brady when they're winning huge. He comes in, throws a pick, and it's not like the game's close, but then Belichick just yanks the rookie out of there. Like, nice try. You're out of here. Tom, go back and finish this thing up. For him to go back in, too, that was what was hilarious because he instantly throws a pick six to Jamal Adams and then the fact that they had to bring Tom Brady back in because they're trying to go through garbage time with their backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's awesome. Still no rookie first rounder for the Jets either in uh, Quinn and Williams. No, no. CJ Mosley hasn't played much. I yeah, mean, so. no Sam Darnold. So that's just a, a really nice Big schedule investment. so far for the New England Patriots. So uh, I, I don't even know. Maybe they're just seeing too many softballs. So maybe when they hit a tough patch in their schedule, they won't know how to. Uh, because it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are a softball right now, too, is one of the teams that the, the Patriots right. have beat. I mean, they're beating the heck out of everybody, but they're going into Buffalo next week. That might be a little bit more resistance. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I'd like to see them tested. You know, we saw Baltimore tested today, really, for the first time, and despite losing, stepped up strong. I mean, I don't think any of us are going to expect the Pats to crumble when they go play somebody respectable, but they haven't played hardly any. I mean, they're killing everybody. And then they have Washington, New York Giants, and New York Jets again after that. So nice little schedule for the New England Patriots, who are one of the better teams in the NFL already and get a cake schedule on top of it. It seems to always work out like that for them, though, in that, uh, that AFC East. Yeah, I mean, that sure helps. I mean, I, I do think it's a lot of people will be like, boy, they play such an easy schedule because their division is so bad every year. That's not wrong, but I do think it's noteworthy that during the Belichick era, their winning percentage in the AFC East is equal to their winning percentage outside the AFC East, mm. and it's better than everybody else's, of course. Right. So <laughs> they're good against everybody, but that does help. Uh, we had another first-time starter in the NFL in Carolina. It was the Panthers at Cardinals, and it was Kyle Allen's Panthers. Allen throwing four touchdowns in his first start as the Panthers go to Arizona and beat the Cardinals 38-20. to And this one was competitive for quite a while, too. Kyler Murray had his ups and downs, but was exciting nonetheless, and David Johnson, and, you know, that crew. I mean, I, I do think they're building something possibly in Arizona. Christian McCaffrey with a big day, but I think you're right. I mean, Allen was the story. I mean, this was a 
you know, Will Greer's not the number two, obviously. And Allen's a more talented, better prospect, I think, than people realize. He's not bad. He's got a chance to be, you know, a longtime player in this league. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, they got a heavy dose of him in Arizona. 24 carries, 153 yards on the ground, which is a huge, uh, I mean, that's what they needed to do in this game. And uh, with a young quarterback like that, and then not a lot of, it was only 19 completions and 261 yards, but four touchdowns. So they threw for points in that one, but really heavily ran the ball with Christian McCaffrey. He was involved in the passing game as well. So that's a great recipe. And of course, your old standby tight end, Greg Olson, getting the most targets in that game on offense. Yeah, how about that? Too. Seven targets in two of those for touchdowns. So now that's really how you draw it up. So an old school coach with uh, an old school mentality there to help out his young quarterback. And that worked to perfection against a team that's not great in the Cardinals. So I don't know how long they can do that if you're the Panthers, but it worked this week. Yeah, absolutely. And the Cardinals are not going to win many games. They're going to pick the top of the draft again. They're fun to watch, but they're short in talent in a lot of places. But give the Panthers credit. Cross-country road trip, business trip, take care of business, good formulas you mentioned. Boom, you get the, you know, get that first win. Kyler Murray did get unleashed on the ground a little bit more in this one, though. Eight yeah. carries for 69 yards. Yeah, right. And I, I think that's going to be more the norm. I think it, we're going to look back and be like, boy, it was kind of shocking he didn't run much the first two weeks. And he still chucked it 43 more times, too. So he's nearly 150 <laughs> dropbacks in his uh, first three games for the Cardinals. And yeah, the last game of the afternoon that uh, finished late, and it was competitive, and thought the Chargers might have a chance to win it there at the end, but the Texans held on on the road in Los Angeles. Texans win 27-20. to Houston now 2-1 and on the season. The Chargers fall to 1-2. and I didn't see as much of this one as I would like, but it seemed like a very good back-and-forth type of battle. Watson making a lot of plays. Rivers making a lot of plays. Keenan Allen, Allen really standing out. I mean, I think that's the name to take away here. Hopkins and Allen, uh, Watson and Rivers. I mean, that's a, a lot of star power there. The four that I just mentioned, really the, some of the best at the, in the business of what they do. And some of the, much so these defenses could probably use a little bit of work too. Yeah, Keenan Allen, 13 catches. The entire offense ran through him. 13 catches for 183 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Austin Eckler uh, did not have as big of a game as he's had uh, for the past couple of weeks for the Chargers. This one was all Keenan Allen, but not enough for, for I almost said San Diego, even after I've said Los Angeles Chargers a couple times in this podcast. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, it was not enough as they fall 27 to uh, 20 now. And uh, fall to one and two in that AFC West. Okay, that's all the games from this afternoon, Matt. Uh, any big takeaways before we before we get out of here with the with what you saw Sunday? Uh, I have to think about that more for tomorrow's show. I mean, I, we, we record this basically the second that the late games end, and it's a lot to absorb. So I do apologize a little that I haven't been able to dig deep into a lot of these as a real first initial reaction, um, knee jerk reactions. Baltimore comes to mind. I know Dallas didn't play their best game and still crushed the team. You know, like those kind of things stand out to me are, you know, is a, is a Dallas team for real? Is a Baltimore team for real coming in this weekend? And I think both of them said yes, even though their results were very different. I've got a question for you. Do you think okay. Josh Rosen can play well enough with that cast this year that the Dolphins don't draft a quarterback at the top of the first round next year? I think, I mean, the overwhelming thought is no, he can't. But 
today was the first step. And I liked him a lot coming out of school. I don't think he was given a fair shake. I also think that, and I don't know this, and I don't know the young man, does he have the leadership skills? Does he have the personality for it? Those things, I think, are in question. I have to question how he was not the starter with how Ever. good he Hold looked. Right. Yeah, how was he not the starter out of the gate? Did it help him to sit and watch for a couple of weeks? Did he need a little bit more time? Uh, was it that leadership factor where they're like, nope, Fitz is obviously the guy. We cannot start Rosen. And if that's the case, maybe that's more to your point there. But when you watch this game, you're thinking, how did Rosen not start out of the gate? Right, right. I mean, I, I, that's baffled me every step of the way. You know you're a terrible football team. You got to give the young guy the, you know, the, the 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 ball. And I would imagine he gets it from now on. And at a minimum, I mean, maybe this doesn't answer your question, but maybe he can put a good season together and someone picking late in the first round gives you that late first. And then you take your guy and, you know, it's they get more for him maybe than – Arizona did a year ago, or you're just happy with him as a two and he beats out next year's first round pick. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't mean that Tua or whoever's guaranteed to be Johnny Unitas. Right. Or start right out of the gate. So maybe it's another half right. season of Josh Rosen next year. And then maybe you have some trade value for Rosen too. And who knows? Got to yeah. play him. Right. You got to play him the rest of the way neck. No doubt about yeah, yeah. He should have been playing already, but here's another good one for you real quick. And we got about 30 seconds left. Mika Fitzpatrick. What were your first thoughts of him? Just jumping right in. And I liked what I saw from him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he made plays. He stood uh, he stood out for sure. That defense is very fast, very athletic. Almost everyone on the defense now is a first round pick, former first round pick, and that shows. Um, but they wore out. I mean, again, I mean, the offense can't get first downs, and the defense is on the field mm-hmm. way too long this year. All right, that'll do it this week from our Monday rapid reaction of these Sunday football games. Be back tomorrow breaking down the primetime games and covering everything going on around the National Football League. For Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked On NFL.